Hello, Real Life family. This is Tim, uh, excited to share again with you today. Before we jump into our message, I just want to give a shout out to a really awesome event that we are planning in February. It is our marriage weekend. It's going to be the weekend of fe- uh, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. And I want to encourage you to go online and, and check out some details. On Friday night, February 18th, we're going to have a comedian coming to town and we're going to celebrate marriage. We're going to have some teaching on marriage. And Saturday morning, we're going to have a breakfast together and also continue our conference there on just marriage and celebrating and growing in our relationships together. And then on Sunday morning on the 20th, we're going to have a special guest here at church. Pastor Tim and Rhonda Forstoff uh, are going to come and share a message uh, just to encourage us in our marriages. So we are in a series right now called Home Improvement Relationship Edition. And relationships are so uh, important to our life because it's, it's everything that we are involved with, right? And as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, relationships are uh, part of our highest highs and our deepest pain. And we can all use help creating healthier relationships. So we're taking some time as we start this new year to learn some tools or some principles or truths about how to have healthy relationships and what God has instructed us so that we can prosper in our relationships. So especially if you're married or looking to get married, I want to invite you to that marriage weekend because it will really be an encouragement to you. Uh, It will give you some more tools. And that is the most important human relationship that we have here on earth is, is our marriages. And so much of the quality of our life existence depends on the health of our marriage relationship and the relationship that we have with our kids and our friends. So let's dive back into the series um, today. And uh, just a quick review, the first week we talked about the foundation of all relationships that are healthy is a foundation in Jesus Christ. That my life is not a self-centered, ego-driven life, but my life is an overflow of Christ in me. The love that God has for me, the identity and value and um, just confidence that I have because I am loved by him flowing into me, through me, to those around me, that is going to result in healthy relationships. But if I am living out of a foundation of self, self self-centeredness, ego, pride, you know, insecurities, trying to feed myself, I'm just going to be sucking those things from people and things around me, and it will not result in a healthy relationship, okay? So let's get our foundation right. We need to have Christ at the center of our hearts, of our lives, of our security, of our love, of our meaning, of our purpose, and he needs to be the center of our relationships, okay? And then last week we talked about the traps that are set all around us. I had a mouse trap, and I talked about how offense in the Bible, um, it comes from the word scandalon, and it's that little trigger on the trap. And there's traps all around us to fall into, to get hurt and to get um, offended. And we do. From time to time, we do get hurt. We do get offended. We take the bait at times. And some of our buttons get pushed. But the scriptures tell us of a very important way for us to process that pain. And it is to forgive. We are to forgive quickly. We are to resolve those issues as quickly as possible. In fact, the Bible kind of tells us a 24-hour rule, right? Before the sun goes down, don't, go, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, don't bury the pain. Don't um, hold that pain in, that offense, that hurt. Because if you do, it will grow 
and it will defile many people. It will harm you. It will harm the people around you because the toxin or the poison in your soul only worsens over time. And so let's guard our hearts from offense. And when we do get offended, let's pull those weeds out when they're very small and insignificant so they don't have time to grow and we don't give a foothold for the devil. Last week I talked about how when you allow that pain to fester, when you allow those offenses to stay in your heart, the devil literally has a place to work from in your heart and he begins to grow that pain and it begins to turn from hurt into hate into you harming other people. And that's what breaks our relationships down. So we need to guard our heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 to guard our heart. Above all else, guard your heart for from it comes the wellspring of life, right? So that's a very important tool. I hope that you've been practicing that this week. Okay, today the principle I want to talk about is a law. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. And it's not just a natural law. It is a spiritual law. The Bible uses this law um, and applies it to three different areas of our lives. So I want to go through those three different areas and then focus on the area of relationships because that's what we're talking about. So here's what the law of sowing and reaping is. You reap what you sow, (laughs) right? It's very simple. You reap what you sow. We see this in nature, obviously. If you plant an acorn, you get an oak tree, right? If you plant a corn seed, you get crops of corn. If you you plant pumpkins, you get pumpkins, right? You don't plant, um, you know, apple seeds and get orange trees. That doesn't happen. We know for sure it's 100% that law is a natural law, right? You reap what you sow. But this also applies, somehow we forget that this applies to our actions, to our words, to our behaviors, to our relationships, to our spiritual life. And so let's just remind ourselves that this law is at work at all times and let's use it to our advantage, okay? And if we understand this law and we're using it to our advantage in our relationships, our relationships will be healthier. We can't ignore this law. So let's look at it from scripture, okay? So there's three different areas that this law applies to. And the first one is the quality of our life. The quality of our our overall life um, in this world. Galatians 6, uh, verses 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. There's the law. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Okay, so we have this contrast that the Bible always uses, life and death, good and evil, righteousness and wicked, right? And so now we have this contrast that you can sow into your sinful nature, into your ego, your pride, uh, your selfishness, and the Bible says you will reap destruction from that. Or you can sow into what pleases the Spirit, and from that you will reap life. Okay, so what is this really saying? Well, when we're talking about sowing in the context of our lives, we're talking about our time, our money, our resources, our energy, right? Our attitudes. And if we are putting our time into self-centeredness, into our sinful nature, and we're doing activities in that realm, it's going to destroy us. It's going to harm us. But if we are sowing our time, our energy, our effort, our thoughts, our words, our attitudes, and so on, into the kingdom of God, into pleasing the Holy Spirit, into pleasing God, we're going to actually benefit and the fruit from that will be life. 
Okay. Later in this or earlier in this chapter, Galatians chapter five, verse 22, Paul specifically says the fruit of the spirit. So you plant seeds, you get fruit. What's the fruit look like? Right. Well, if you plant seeds into the spiritual life, right, these are the fruits that you will get. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's Galatians 5.22. And we could all use those fruits in our lives. So where are the fruits of impatience, anger, hatred, jealousy, envy? Um, where do those things come from? Well, they don't come from the Spirit. Those fruits come from seeds, and those seeds were planted into a self-centered, sinful nature. Okay? That's the contrast that we're talking about. It says here in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin or the results of sin or the fruit of sin is death. It destroys. It ruins our relationships. It ruins our bodies. Uh, it can ruin our finances. It can ruin our, men, our, our minds, our mental state, our attitudes. But Romans 8.13 says it very clearly. Again, it's almost a repeat of Galatians chapter 6. It says, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So we have that choice. So I want to give you an example from last week. Last week I read this verse for you, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, where Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And if you do this, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So there's an action that Paul is calling us to, to do. This action is something that we do. It's planting seeds, right? It's planting good seeds. Paul says, look, when, when anxiety, fears, worries, pressures come at you, instead of uh, mulling them over and letting them weigh you down, this is the action you take. You give it to God in prayer. You give God thanks. You release it to God. And the results are the peace of God comes upon you, right? And he guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And then Paul says, once you've done this in verse 7, finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, Take your mind, your energy, your time, and put it into good things. Plant seeds into thinking the right things. Um, energizing yourself with the right things. Focusing on the right things, right? And then he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Do it. Do these things and, God, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, that's what sowing is. Sowing and reaping is what you are doing is going to have a result back. Are you doing things of the spirit? Are you filling your minds with God's word? Or are you filling your mind with worry and anxiety and pressures and, and all those things, right? Well, if you fill your mind with these worries, that's going to destroy you. It's going to cause ulcers. It's going to cause stress. It's going to cause you to be um, snippy with people around you because you're all fretting about things, right? and impatient, um, and so on. But if you're filling your, your mind, you're planting seeds, you're taking your mind, and you say, I'm going to think about things that are good, positive, lovely, holy, and you're sowing those thoughts into the kingdom, it's going to bring peace to you. The results will be the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of worry, 
and stress. So Paul's like, whatever you've seen in me, the patterns I've lived before you, put these things into practice. Do those things. So we have choices here. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. And it will affect the quality of our life, right? So are you sowing your time, energy, and resources more into pleasing the spirit or into pleasing the sinful nature? If you had like um, the ability to quantify or give a percentage to how much of your time, energy, efforts, you know, actions, words were categorized under pleasing the spirit and were categorized under pleasing the sinful nature, what do you think your percentages would be? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, are you planting more in the spirit or are you planting more into the sinful nature? And I, I'm telling you that your quality of life is reflective of your planting life, right? Your sowing life. So the question really I'm trying to get you to, to consider here, a reflection, a reflective question. Think about this. Is what if you change those percentages a little bit? What if you could take an extra 5% from your, whatever, your pleasing the sinful nature and you put that 5% over here into pleasing the spirit? Would that change your life? Would 10% change your life? Would you, if you could shift some more energy towards pleasing the spirit, would it make a difference? And uh, I'm saying with great confidence and with God's word is my background, yes, it will. And so it matters what you do, what you say, what you think about, and the choices that we are making. It just impacts the quality of our life. Now, some examples of sowing in the Spirit are obvious. These are not things that we do because we're religious people. These are things that we do because we want to be sowing in the Spirit and prospering in life, have an abundance of life. We want love, joy, peace, patience, all those wonderful qualities, right? So the reason we do these things is not because we're religious people, but because we want life. We don't want death. And these are simple. Reading the Bible, prayer, coming to church, meditating on God's Word, serving other people, serving the kingdom of God. Okay? These are not just religious activities. These are life-giving, life-resulting activities. These are sowing seeds into your spiritual life. So how is that going? If you're not doing some of those things, you should you know, consider starting to do those intentionally planting seeds of life so that you will get fruit of life, not death. All right, so that's number one. Number two, this law of sowing and reaping not only applies to the quality of our life, but it applies to the quantity of your blessing. How blessed you are, how abundance, how much abundance of God's life is, is flowing into you. Really, financially and materially, there are blessings for you and for me to walk into according to the law of sowing and reaping. This is what the Bible says about this, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And this is in the context of giving money to the kingdom of God and investing the resources God has given us into God's purposes to help other people, to meet the needs of people. And it says this, remember this, Paul says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. In other words, the law of sowing and reaping apply to your finances, your material possessions. And if you see that God has blessed you with what you have and you sow those seeds into the work of God as he directs you to, then you will be reaping back more so that you can continue to sow into what he's called you to do. And when you give little, you reap little. But when you give a lot, you reap a lot. 
Okay, that's what Paul's saying. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I'll just put it this way, not out of religious obligation, not because you're supposed to, but because you recognize that God is the source of all that you have. He is partnering with you to allow you to be an avenue of his blessing to other people. He blesses us so we can be a blessing, and it is amazing. And if we recognize that and we begin to be a sower in, in alignment with God's purposes, then we get the joy of continuing to be replenished to keep sowing. And we partner with God to meet people's needs, to make a difference in people's lives. Isn't that awesome? So Paul says, Do, give whatever God has put in your heart to give, not under some kind of compulsion or pressure or reluctantly, for God loves a cheerful giver. Someone who understands that I'm giving what is, doesn't even belong to me, I get to give what God has given to me. This is awesome. And it says, God is able to make, listen to these seven words, all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Seven times, God, uh, Paul is using the word all, abound, or every. And he's just saying, you have no worries when you are um, recognizing that you are a conduit of God's blessings. As you begin to sow and give, the law of sowing and reaping is, as you're giving, more is being planted and it's coming. And there's this cycle of planting and reaping and planting and reaping in God. It's a... It's not just a spiritual law. It's not just a natural law. It's a financial law, too. And as you are planting, all the other seeds that you've already planted are growing and producing fruit and feeding you. As soon as you stop planting, it won't be very long before you stop reaping. Right? If there's no seeds growing, if there's no uh, seeds being nourished and growing, there's no fruit coming. And so it's the same in the blessings that God has for you. You know, to be blessed, you need to be a blessing. You need to start planting and sowing into the people around you, into the things that God has put on your heart. And that's the key to understanding this law in that area of your life. And finally, I want to read 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, where it says, He, God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. There's four different things that are mentioned here. So I want to explain those really quick. And Paul goes on to say, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be, a, uh, so you can be generous on every occasion. God wants you to be his hands and feet. He wants you to be his uh, blessing to the people that he's trying to, to bless and connect with. And so there's four things. First of all, seed to the sower means this. If you're a sower, you're a one who's planting, God will continue to put seed in your hands to give to the needs that he wants met. If you're a sower, if you're not a sower, why would God give you more seed? Doesn't make any sense, right? But if you're a sower and you're saying, God, you can trust me, whatever you want to get to so-and-so, you can get it to them through me. God will continue to give you seed to sow. So the seed is for the sower. So if you're a sower, God will continue to give you seed. And that seed is not to be eaten. That seed is to be invested. It's to be given away. It's to be planted into the hearts that God puts on you to give. All right? So seed to the sower is seed that we're given for the purpose of planting, not consuming. But then there's bread for food. That's for us. God will take care of 
our needs. That is what God gives us for our bills, you know, for our needs, for our family, for our enjoyment, for our livelihood. That's to be consumed. That's to be enjoyed. God has taken care of us. So we have seed to give. We have bread to eat. Thirdly, God says you will, he will increase the storage of your seed so that God wants you to have more than enough so that when he directs, you can release that seed to the needs that he has for you. So we are given seed constant, constantly to be planting. We're given food to eat and we're given a storage of seed for whenever God wants to release more in whatever area. So you should have savings. You should have more than what you need to live on. Uh, because God wants you to be a blessing to others. And then finally, he says that he will also increase the harvest of your righteousness, right? And that is the harvest of your giving. When we give to his purposes, God is going to cause that to be blessed and to grow and to multiply. That's what seed does. Seed always grows and it always multiplies more than what it was when it first was planted, right? I remember planting corn. I planted, you know, one or two seeds in the ground for every, uh, whatever, six inches or a foot, you know, and then that turned into a stalk with two or three ears of corn with hundreds of um, seeds on it, hundreds. And that's what seed does. It multiplies. And God says, I'm going to bless the seed that you plant so that it makes a difference in people's lives. And then when that happens, we rejoice. We see lives change because of what God allowed us to be a part of. And it's such a great, deep, satisfying, joying life to see someone else's life affected in a positive way because we were a part of that process. It's so awesome. So awesome. All right. Now, all of that aside, this is what I really want to get to. The third application of the law of sowing and reaping is for our healthy relationships. So let's talk about this. How does sowing and reaping affect relationships? Well, in Luke chapter 6, this is what Jesus says, verses 37 and 38. He says this, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. So this is about people, okay? Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. This is all in the context of, of relationships, of people interacting with each other. If you're going to give condemnation, you're going to get condemnation. If you give forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. If you give to someone, they will give to you. And so Jesus is saying the law of sowing and reaping also applies to our relationships. He says this, a good measure, pressed down, shake it together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. One of my favorite analogies of this idea is popcorn at the movies. I love getting popcorn at the movies. We usually get, you know, one of those large buckets. And when they give you popcorn at the movies, they fill it and they shake it and they put butter and then they shake it some more and put more corn, popcorn on it. And they just keep going until it overflows. And if they... If, if popcorn isn't flowing over the sides of it, then they didn't really fill it, right? I mean, we all have that picture in our minds that when we're walking away from the counter, we got our arm around that bucket of popcorn and some kernels are falling off because it's so full and we grab our first couple and boop, boop, a couple of them fall over, right? This is a great picture of what Jesus is saying. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you and it'll be pressed down, shaken together and running over it will be poured into your lap. And that's the abundance of God. God is not like 
uh, you know, really stringent and, and calculated and only giving out a little bit, you know, to people. I don't know if I can afford that. He is generous and overflowing in his acts toward us. And he wants us to be that same way with one another. But this is in the context of relationships. So we can sow into one another things that will produce and overflow in them and back to us. Okay, and so when we think about this, let's look at, uh, I got four smaller principles associated to the, the sowing and reaping principle that I want to go over with you very quick. And I call these kind of corollaries to it. So the main law is you reap what you sow. Now, relationally speaking, I want to go through these four different statements and see if these help us kind of uh, have more tools and understand how our relationships with each other work. Number one, of these principles is this. You reap what you sow, not what you want. Okay? I mean, obviously, I want in my relationships people to love me. I want people to have grace with me. I want people to make me feel good. I want people to be there for me. I want people to support me. That's what I want. Okay? But am I sowing those things into them? Or am I just wanting that from them? Because you reap what you sow. So if I want support, love, understanding, and grace in my relationships, ding, 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 what I need to do is plant support and love and grace and understanding to them. I need to plant the seeds myself into them to get the fruit that I want back for me. If you change your seed, you'll change what you're feeding on, right? What your fruit is. And we often are telling everybody else, or at least wanting and expecting everybody else to do what we want instead of thinking about planting in them what we want. You see the difference? We're waiting for everybody else to get their act together, to treat us right in our relationships, instead of just planting those things in those relationships and it will grow in them and eventually come out of them towards us. That's how this works. We have to get our eyes off of trying to get everybody else to comply and get our eyes on ourselves and begin to plant the qualities that we want in our healthy relationships. We have to plant those seeds into the people around us. I hope that really makes sense to you. So a lot of people struggle with friendships and they say, I'm lonely, I don't have any friends. And, you know, my first thought is, are you being a friend or are you just waiting for someone to be your friend? If you're just waiting for someone to be your friend, you're ignoring this law of sowing and reaping. Because if you be a friend, if you sow a friendship to someone else, you start to text, you start to support, you start to choose to, you know, take an initiative to hang out with someone, to tell them some things that you appreciate about them, to share your day with them. When you plant a friendship, you reap a friendship. But if you just are mad at everybody for not noticing you or, or just feel like you're rejected and nobody loves you, but you never plant any seeds, how will you reap a friend? You see how it works? We got to start getting our eyes off of what everybody else is or isn't doing and just begin to follow the principles that God has shown us to do. Like Paul says, if you've seen any of this in me, if you've heard any of this, if you've watched any of this, put it into practice. Do it. Do it. And you can do this. You can plant a friendship and you'll reap friendship. You can plant love and encouragement in other people and they'll start loving and encouraging you. 
you can plant these things, okay? Now, one of the most difficult things that I have noticed in life is time to time someone will come for some help to the church and, uh, and you know, they'll start to tell their story. And basically, um, I've heard this story many times. It's a very common, common story where they had some problems with their family, you know, and now none of their family is able to help them. Uh, no, they've got no friends that are willing to help them. And basically, through, through a series of, of lifestyle choices and a sequence of decisions, um, this person has planted destruction all around them. And they've burned bridges and, and cut off relationships. And, and, and then they have nobody around them. And the result of their life at that moment is there's nobody else to turn to. There's nobody else to help them. Because of all the past decisions and choices that they've made, they planted seeds of destruction. They planted seeds of anger. They planted seeds of, uh, of you know, uh, separation. And then they reap, they reap destruction. You know, they reap um, no support, no love, no, no help. And it's really sad. So we can have these extremes, and it's all because of the law of sowing and reaping. So let's use the law of sowing and reaping in our friendships and relationships to our advantage and plant what you want in your relationships. You be that in your relationship with people. You want to be supported? You plant support. You want people to take an interest in you? Then you take an interest in them. You want to be loved? Then you love. You see, this is the law of sowing and reaping. You will reap what you sow. So sow a friend, you'll have a friend, okay? The second um, principle here of the sowing and reaping is there is a time delay between sowing and reaping, right? So when you plant a garden, it takes a while. It takes weeks and months for the seed to grow and to produce a fruit, right? It's the same in our relationships. We can't just one day in the morning plant one good seed and expect by lunchtime we have this huge, you know, uh, fruitful relationship with this person. It takes time. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It takes time, especially if you're making a change. And I commend you, if you are making a change and you say, you know what, I want healthy relationships. And maybe there's one relationship in mind. I would challenge you to think about this. Is there one relationship that God would put on your heart today? He says, man, I really do want to focus on making this relationship better or healthier. Maybe you're a parent and it's with one of your child. Uh, children. You know, you say, man, I just really want to have a better relationship with this child. Or maybe it's you're married and, and it's with a spouse. Or maybe it's just, you're a student and it's just with a friend. And you've, you maybe have some rift going on or maybe there's some distance going on or maybe it's just not as, as strong as you want it to be. If each of us could just take one relationship right now during this time as we go through this series and start applying these principles to that relationship, wouldn't it be awesome to see that relationship get healthier? And if you have something like that, realize that whatever changes you are making right now, it's going to take some time. So stick with it, the Bible says. Don't be weary in the changes you're making, in the seeds that you're planting. Keep nourishing those seeds. Keep it up. Be patient because the crop will come. The harvest will come. Okay? So the, there is a time delay. In fact, today you are reaping what you've sown in the past, but tomorrow or in the days ahead, you will reap what you're planting today. 
So understand how this law works. You gotta be patient with the changes you're making. It's gonna take time. You're still eating the crop from the past and some of that might be really bad. It might be some weeds, it might be some hurt, it might be some uh, hostility, some anger, some pain that you have in some of your relationships right now. And that's still coming because that was planted in the past. And as you make changes today, it's gonna take a while for that old seed to finish growing up and producing those fruits and for the new seed to grow up and produce a changed harvest. But the Bible says, be patient, don't give up, don't grow weary, you will reap that harvest, okay? So that's my encouragement to you. Maybe um, today you can, you can look at that. What would you do to revive and heal a relationship that's strained? Let me give you just quick advice here. Number one, I would say don't blame them. You need to be the one who changes. Stop blaming the other person or the situation on the other person for what they did or didn't do, what they said, what they haven't said. And just take ownership of the law of sowing and reaping and say to yourself, what am I going to do different about the seeds that I'm going to plant in this relationship? Okay, so the first thing I would do is stop planting bad seed. If you've been critical, if you've been harsh, if you've been overbearing, if you've been neglectful, if you've been unkind, stop doing that, right? You need to change. You need to stop planting bad seed because every bad seed is going to continue to grow. Right? So we don't want that bad crop anymore. Second thing is, start planting good seed. Flip it around. Instead of being neglectful, be attentive. Instead of being harsh, be kind and merciful. Be loving. Right? You begin to plant the seeds you want to reap later. So stop the bad seed. Increase the good seed. Make sure you have more good seed going into the, into the relationship than bad seed. Right? Third, apologize for any hurt that you know that you have caused in that relationship. Just apologize. Just express your desire to um, have reconciliation and healing in that relationship. And, and uh, humble yourself. And let's clear the air and let's, uh, let's ask for forgiveness and ask for reconciliation. Okay? And finally, repeat that process as long as necessary until you get the type of relationship you want. It's going to take time. Sometimes it takes months, several months, sometimes depending on the, the offense and the, 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 the current status of the, of the relationship, sometimes it can take years, sometimes months, sometimes not as long, maybe weeks. But it's not going to be an instantaneous shift because those seeds are growing and we need to wait till the old crop is done and the new crop arises, right? So... Um, so there's some, some good advice for you. The third um, law or principle of the law of uh, sowing and reaping is you reap in proportion to how much you sow. I read this earlier in 2 Corinthians uh, 9.6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And in Luke 6.38, Jesus said, For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the law of sowing and reaping is also about proportion. How if you plant a little seed, you'll get some fruit. If you plant more seed, you'll get more fruit, right? So in our relationships, it's very important to notice if you have a relationship that's drifting apart, then plant more into that relationship. If love is dwindling, plant more love. Um, you see, and so you, you want a, a bigger crop, then plant more into it. And 
That's very important. And the last one I want to share with you is you reap where you sow. So if I plant a seed into the ground, that's exactly where that fruit's going to come up from. And if I plant into this relationship over here, that's exactly where that fruit's going to come from. It's not going to come from this relationship. So I have five kids. I have to make sure I'm planting in all five of my kids. I can't just put all my seed into one kid and expect all of them to have the same kind of relationship with me. That doesn't make any sense, right? And so we need to understand that we need to plant because we only have so much seed. We only have so many days, so many hours in a day, so much energy, so much of ourselves that we can give, right? So here's the deal. We need to make sure we are giving our most to those who are closest to us, who are the most important to us, to our spouses, to our children, right? And we work out from there. If you're giving more of yourself to your work than you are to your family, if you're giving more of yourself to other friends than you are to your kids or to your spouse, you know, you're, you're just really uh, disproportionate right now because your family, your spouse, your kids need more of you than anybody else, right? And so you reap where you sow. I want to encourage you to be sowing into the people that are most important to you in your life. One of the most dangerous things that happens in marriages is that an outside person begins to sow more love, more attention, more kindness to one of the spouses than the spouse does. And then that begins to grow. That fruit begins to grow. And there becomes a stronger connection with this outside person than in the marriage unity, right? And then you can have a break, a divorce, an affair. You can have a whole family destroyed because someone else planted more seed into your spouse than you did. So don't let that happen, right? We need to plant more compassion, more love, more seed of good goodness into our spouses, into our kids than anybody else, all right? So as we wrap this message up today, just think about where is all of your energy going? Where is all of your resources going? Where is all your time going, right? And are you planting that uh, relationally, the seeds in the people around you that you want to see in your relationships instead of waiting for everybody else to do what you want them to do? Start planting those seeds into them so those seeds will grow in them and it will benefit your relationships. So I'm going to pray for us today. The number one relationship that we all desire and need is a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you're watching this video and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you haven't placed your faith in Him as Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that and pray this prayer with me. And then secondly, we're going to pray for just one relationship that God puts on our hearts that we sense is um, a relationship that we want to see healthier and stronger. And I want to pray for you as well for that too, okay? First and foremost, let's give our hearts to Jesus today. God loves you. Jesus died for you so that you could be forgiven of your sin and you could have a relationship with him forever. God made you to be with him forever. Our sins separated us from God. So God out of his love came to bridge that gap by paying the price we couldn't pay for ourselves to rescue us out of sin and death back to himself in a relationship with him. For that to happen, 
He's done all the work. All that needs to happen is that I, you, need to turn our hearts back to God and surrender our life to Him and place our faith in Him as Lord and Savior. So if you're ready to do that, pray this prayer with me, okay? Say, Jesus, I give my life to you today because you gave your life for me. And I thank you for loving me and forgiving me of all my sin. And today I'm all yours. And I thank you that you love me so much. You want a relationship with me forever. So teach me and show me how much you love me and fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life in you. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the family of God. Just keep growing and get yourself a Bible and keep coming to church or watching these videos until you can come to church and keep growing in your faith with God. But secondly, I'm going to pray for all of us right now that we have a relationship that we would really desire to see grow and be strengthened. Let's pray together, okay? God, we just come to you today humbly asking for your favor upon our relationships, especially the one that, Lord, our attention is on right now, that you give us wisdom and grace to do what we can do on our part to plant new seeds of life, to stop planting old patterns of brokenness and hurtfulness, and to see this relationship turned around. Lord, whatever we have done to cause hurt or pain, anything that we've done to cause any kind of division or separation or coldness, Lord, we pray that you would show us so we can humbly apologize and seek reconciliation and seek a healthy relationship. Lord, I ask for this in Jesus' name for each and every one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, keep our marriage conference in mind. Our marriage weekend is going to be an awesome weekend, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. And I love you guys. I hope you're doing great. And may God continue to bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.